0: In every generation, there are the chosen ones. The fanboys, the observers, the keepers of useless trivia. They alone must stand against the forces of television drama tropes. They are Continuous Play. It's about power. Who's got it? Who knows how to use it? So, what do you guys want to do tomorrow? Mm-hmm. Nothing strange. Well, money golf is always the first thing that comes well, to mind. can do better than that thinking about shopping as per usual oh there's an okay. r&b in the new mall cool. i think it's new items
1: i'll be discussing it save the world go to the mall i'm having a wicked shoe craving aren't you on the patch?
0: those never work. here never. i am invisible to the eye yeah. see i need a new look it's this whole eye patch wow. the earth is definitely doomed Welcome to Continuous Plays: The Art of Slaying, a Buffy the Vampire Slayer retrospective, featuring Brian Thomas for the economy bake the cake. And Jay Newcastle. Are you ready to finish this? Buffy the Vampire Slayer is the copyright of Fox Television Studios, and any discussion of the characters' episodes or music is strictly for entertainment purposes only.
1: Welcome to the Art of Slaying, a Buffy the Vampire Slayer
0: retrospective. I'm Jay. And I'm Brian? and we're here to talk about Season 7, Episode 4, Help, written by Rebecca Rand Kirshner and directed by Rick Rosenthal. Buffy is settling in as a coordinator at the high school, helping troubled teens and sorting out problems. However, she is left speechless when a student named Cassie tells her that she has only a week to live. Suspecting the girl is suicidal, Buffy investigates and discovers a cult of students playing with dark magics and comes to believe that Cassie may be psychic. Spike shows up to help free Cassie from the ritual, and Buffy burns the conjured demon before it can hurt the girl. Buffy reassures Cassie that one person can make a difference, to which Cassie says, and you will, then promptly drops dead. The next day, the gang learns that Cassie died of a congenital heart defect, so no matter what anyone did, she was always going to die. Buffy feels like she failed, but Don tells her she did her best, and it was because of Buffy that Don got to be friends with Cassie in the first place. And that is our plot summary of Episode 4, Help. Jay, you have some thoughts on the director of this one. Why don't you get into that before we break into the episode?
1: absolutely Rick Rosenthal any horror fan that has seen any of the Halloween franchise should know this name he directed Halloween 2 not the Rob Zombie thing obviously he directed Halloween 2 in 1981 that was the sequel to the John Carpenter classic and uh, you know I happen to really like that film most would tell you it's a very worthy sequel, sequels, very good, and then he came back and directed Halloween Resurrection, which, as it turns out, was the eighth one in the series, so the only guy to direct two of those, but I, that's how I know Rick Rosenthal. Now, he's directed a lot of TV and done other movies and things, but that name, to me, always has stuck out, and I do remember distinctly watching this episode when it first aired and going, ah, Rick Rosenthal, and I've always remembered that little tidbit that he directed you know, this, this Buffy episode, so I, that's my Rick Rosenthal story, anything mm-hmm. other than just being a fan of some of his work, and he does good stuff, man. Uh, I mean, I, I if you ever watch that Halloween 2, I mean, it's it's a pretty good little uh, show. But none of what he has done there or anything has anything to do with this episode. He does, <laughs> none of those you know, flares, none of it. I mean, it's a t- I mean, the show looks like it always does, and that's because Joss Whedon maintains a lot of quality control over the way the thing looks. But um, it's neat to see the names of some of the directors that popped into the show from time to time, and he's one that just always stood out to me. But you know. Speaking of standing out here, man, this is a different I, – I remembered absolutely zero about this, Brian. Mm-hmm. I had no recollection of all of Cassie, the doomed girl who was going to die no matter what.
0: Well, I I remember her because she shows up again later, which is fascinating. But, um, yeah, uh, Cassie – I liked her little story. I thought it was an interesting thing. She's very – kind of um, out there and people make fun of her because she makes predictions a lot apparently and uh, it's almost like she's being bullied and she's going to get killed by someone right that's how it is played is that she's people hate her because uh, she's different and that's what's going to cause her to die and so I thought it was an interesting story and I like the fact that um, she just keeps telling Buffy you know you don't have to do anything because I already know I'm going to die on X day and there's nothing you can do about it but Buffy keeps wanting to try and help and I thought it was a I thought it was a fascinating little twist on this whole thing
1: it's very different man I mean it's it's unlike anything we've seen before from
0: from Buffy I mean it's uh,
1: you know we've seen the race against the clock show but this girl knew she was gonna die but the only thing about it that kills me Brian is that like nobody knows why she's gonna she doesn't know why she's gonna die she right. just knows she is and that I don't know it's just weird that this girl with all this premonition and stuff can't Can't figure out, oh, maybe it's because, you know, grandma or mom or whoever had this, you know, heart defect. Maybe I should get that checked out. It seems like something that could have been, you know, taken care of had anybody bothered well, to look you know, but it's it's you know. it's
0: an interesting thing too because it and and uh, I'll tell you a personal story too we just went through this whole thing with our son right because he came down with a very weird illness and he's he is uh, 4 years old and this is when right before he turned 4 he came down this really weird illness where he puffed up real red he got his eyes basically sh- came almost all the way shut from the puffiness. He had had rashes all over his body. He was very irritated. He had fevers and all this stuff. And every time we took him into the doctors, nobody could tell us what was wrong. All the blood tests came back as negative for everything they tested for. They just said it's something virus that's working through his system and there was nothing they could do about it. We had to try and bathe him with this bath salts for eczema treatments to try and keep the itchiness down that he was feeling and all this stuff. And it was just, it was terrible. And months later, um, my other son, Riley, was having issues where he was itchy, just real itchy all over. And so we were worried that something was happening with him. So my wife went and looked up online about these symptoms and found a disease out there called Kawasaki's disease. It's a heart problem. It's a congenital heart problem. And this is the heart problem that happens when you see athletes who are Look perfectly healthy, just drop dead. That's what this is from, and it's something that you wouldn't know what it was because the the symptoms are so similar to other things: a cold, uh, a a rash, a bee sting, you know, an allergic reaction, a, f- a fever. The it, but when you combine them all together, there's a problem. So we had to take our son into the hospital, and to Children's Hospital here in Minneapolis, and have them actually run a a uh, echocardiogram on him to make sure that no damage was done to the heart. Because if some damage was done to the heart and he did have Kawasaki's disease in the future, that could cause major problems. Luckily for us, he had no damage to his heart. But that, that was a big scare. And so something like that, if you don't get it diagnosed right away, you can't treat it. And if you don't treat it and it does do damage to your heart, that's what happens in the future. These kids go on and they start doing sports and they just drop dead. And so, something like that may be what she was dealing with. It it happens out there, and these are things that you may just not have known uh, that was happening. It's not necessarily heretic, uh, genetic, or any of that stuff. It just happens.
1: Wow, that is, that is an amazing tale, and it's a great way to talk about what's happening here because the whole the whole point here of this deal is the one thing we haven't dealt with this season is where is Buffy mentally after basically being in anguish for the whole of last season, right? Mm -hmm. Everything that happened and all that stuff. Where is Buffy? Is she going to be able to snap out of that and all this stuff? And we needed something that, kind of let her know hey you're going to do you're great and you're going to do great things you know something from the outside to give her a moment Mm -hmm. of reassurance and i I kind of like that I, i like the idea that we're not going to use somebody that we already know to perform that role it's going to be someone that seemingly she can't save but in the process of all that you know teaches her that you you are doing it right you did it right you made my last days you know good as Dawn lets her know and stuff mm-hmm. like that. I don't know. I just I thought that was a neat plot uh development, if you will.
0: Well and it shows that Buffy is back to valuing valuing life again. Which is something that right. that we just couldn't get from her for most of season six. And so it's good to see that she's she values life, not only hers, but other people's as well. And she thinks, you know, do she'll do anything she can to keep anything from happening to people in her life. And it also shows that she's gonna be doing some good In her role in the school. And I think that's important, too, because otherwise it's just a job. And I like how they set it up with all these people coming in with stupid reasons, guys coming in to hit on her and people (laughs) coming up with stupid reasons for trying to get out of class. And then one comes in and this happens and it sets off the whole episode. I like that idea.
1: Yeah, I was gonna say, what did you make of Buffy as the counselor there and all the stuff she's doing? The dawn pops by too, like I have this really annoying sister. I can't. Stand, <laughs> I thought that you know? was the I'll best one. <laughs> like, you can't, yeah, you can't use me to get out of class, you know, <laughs> which I, I thought was funny. But yeah, the guys hitting on her and stuff. Uh, isn't that one of the home improvement kids? By the way, yeah. it, looked it
0: looked like, like one. Him. Yes. I'd,
1: yeah, so it might have been. But anyway, I don't know. I liked that. I thought it was cool. But then, yeah, Cassie drops in, and it's. I mean, you knew something's different about this girl immediately, right? Like she just, she just stands out.
0: Yeah, she does. And and I I just I really like that they were able to take this story and use it to not only give us the um the idea that her counseling job is going to lead to things, but also to build an episode around something that deals with real life. I mean, really, cuz there's even though she lives in a world of the mystical and the supernatural, this is real life she's dealing with now. And just as a side note, too, Jay, uh, Zachary Bryan is the actor that we're talking about. And yes, he was on Home Improvement.
1: Oh, okay. I knew it was one of them. So the older one, I guess. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, you know, I like I the fact, too, that it is, it is this real world issue. But even beyond that, you set it up in the plot summary Cassie is able to read the future in some ways, yeah. she's a predictor. You know, it's psychic. She has premonitions, whatever, and she's not even really sure what they are. Like that's always the best things about those. I hate them when like they have someone that can just sit and they put their head you know, hand to their temple and it's like, I see a four walls that you have to knock down, Buffy. Yeah, you know, that to me is always cheap. But when somebody it's like, yeah, it's gonna be black and green, and mm-hmm. then you don't you don't know what it is. You know, but like that to me is it's almost like extended intuitivism. You know, yeah. I I don't know. I just thought I thought that was a pretty neat setup, and and I like the fact that really. This whole thing exists for Buffy to, you know, use her resources. Most uh, importantly, in this one is Dawn. Get, you know, Dawn involved again and, and make a friend for a girl that needs one, mm-hmm. and to realize that something's coming. And we don't know what, and now it's the fourth episode in a row that we've done something like this, where there's something coming, and we're setting up, and we're setting up. And I'm like, man, whatever they're about to pull out of the bag has got to be Dino Supreme, because they're <laughs> setting everything. Well, I've never seen something set up so much in my life. Well, I like it. Show. yeah,
0: I like the slow burns. Uh, build the suspense and you're right it better be good because if it's not you're gonna take a lot of people off we've seen that in wrestling many times build the suspense build the suspense and then the payoff just sucks right so
1: it's also also known as every ultimate warrior match ever oh yes. yeah
0: so, except for so, wrestlemania was, 6 come on
1: yeah, and I was a fan, but I but I'll say, man, those promos way better than what he ever did in the ring. You know, I mean, the, you know, the, you're bringing down Hellfire and Damnation from the mountains of Everest and all that crazy stuff he talked about. That's way better than anything he would do against Rick Reed in the ring. But you know that that aside, as we've taken a little side note here, um, I also like that we get a little more Principal Wood in this. Yeah, you he's. Know, been- he's He's a lurky fella, ain't he?
0: He is. And I love the, I love the, the idea that they're playing with and not giving you an idea of if he's a good guy or a bad guy here. I, I think that's fascinating. They cast some doubt on him. They cast some good on him. You just don't, you, you don't know where he's at. And I think that's fascinating. They're playing him really well.
1: I lay a, I lay a lot of that on DB Woodside the actor. Sure. I, he can he can play that with just looks in his face and just the voice and the uh, it's really in the eyes too man. He's just got shifty looking eyes, right? You know, I and mean, that's that's the old trope, but I like I like too that he is, he is an enigma. You know, and and you just don't know. And I, again, I'm sitting there going, "Like man, whatever they are setting up about him better be awesome too." Oh yeah, because yeah. they are playing this dude up. Like, he better be as as good as advertised. Because they are really selling us on this.
0: And I like the fact that he's a lot like the mayor. He's got uh, a cryptic like sense of talking. You know that he knows more than he's leading on. But he skirts around a lot. And so that reminds me a lot of what the mayor's character was. You know, He knew a lot more than he led anyone to believe. And it wasn't until a little later when you knew that he knew a lot more than than they led on to believe. And that's kind of the feel I'm getting off Principal Wood too, is that he knows a lot more than he's letting anyone know. And he's cryptically giving pieces of it. Yeah, and I
1: mean, what is it about the principles of Sunnydale High? Like, even Flutie knew weird stuff was going on until they you know, <laughs> ate him, and then you know with Snyder man got he. Well, do you want to call the cops? PCP. You know, I mean, he right was, PCP. You know, and uh-huh. I mean, he was such a spaz anyway. But I mean, he was so delightfully weird. And I'm like, man, you know, I'm I'm glad though that, that if they're going to introduce school administrator as a role again on this show, well, at least they got somebody cool. Yeah, yeah, like you say, he's the mayor. He's kind of the mayor. He's the mayor if the mayor. Was really cool. The mayor Mayor was cool in like the 20s. All right. This guy is cool in the 2000s. Like yeah. he is very, very hip, like way hipper than any principal I ever had or anyone I've ever known.
0: too. For sure. For sure. You know, I like the principal Wood character so far. I'm intrigued to see what's going on with him, you know, because they've really played it up that he could be on either side of the fence for, for buffier. And I like that. She's mindful of that. She's keeping an eye on him too. And that, that you know, I think that's a good thing.
1: Oh, big time! It, 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 I don't know. Again, it's it's cool to watch him play off of her and keep giving her stuff to do. You know. Well, what did you make of everything that's going on with Cassie and this guy? These guys, of course, the home improvement kid. I knew he was up to no good because you don't guest star on a show like this unless you're up to no good. <laughs> and and you know that these guys are trying to do some sort of ritual sacrifice thing again. I was like, man, we're we're back to the reptile boy days, right? Like that's what I thought they were trying to get.
0: Well, it, it's pretty much what they were doing, right? They were all in yeah. a circle trying to. Con- up some demon that. What, I mean, what was the point of this demon again? I, it
1: w- it would make them rich and powerful.
0: or yeah, something. Yeah, right. And <laughs> that, what that was what they did in the frat house too, right? They were all right. well off because they sacrificed to this demon. So here they are rehashing a little story there. But it just so happens to play into this Cassie's going to die storyline that we have here.
1: Uh, can I tell yeah. you, can I tell you, I wish it was exactly the same demon. Like, I wish it was oh. the same thing. Well, but that it would have been be, funny. Didn't
0: she kill the uh- demon?
1: Well, you know, you can always conjure one up again. Yeah, I like, I would have found that to be funny. Like, that Buffy's like, really, guys? And then, you know, then they could have just blown it off. Cause as <laughs> it turns off, she, as it turns out, she pretty much just blows it off anyway. So yeah, I, I don't know. I, it was kind of cheap. But again, that's the side story. The point here is Cassie and really is about Buffy. And it's a couple mom.
0: things, right? Uh, she, Cassie does a couple things for a few people. One, she befriends Dawn, which is really good. And she knows that Dawn is basically being sent there to (laughs) keep an eye on her and find out what's going on with her. But she lets her do it anyway, which I thought was really cool. But then you get a scene where, you know, she tells Buffy that, you know, she will. And basically meaning she will get answers or she will save the world or whatever, right? It's led to believe that whatever she's looking for, she will find it. But she also tells Spike, Something very interesting um, that you and I don't care for, <laughs> but she tells him. She basically tells him that you know Buffy will love him for him.
1: Yeah, she will tell you she loves you. Yeah, she she will tell you she loves you, and I was like, and she'll uh, say
0: it is what. She yeah, said she'll lead.
1: she'll say it, and I'm like, I remember. I I don't remember ever reacting to it to begin with, but I remember this time going like. Oh, because I know where that goes, you know, and I'm like, exactly oh, thing. that God, yeah, they dropped that in this one, huh? I It's like, okay, well, we'll hang on to that that statement. Like, you know, we used to back in the old days of the podcast, Brian, we would do this whole hang on to this line because this will come, you know, circle again. Well, I guess we'll go back to that now. We're going back to the beginning, like the master said, right? Hang on to that one, folks. We won't talk about it again for a long time, but we it it is as direct a payoff as you can get. <laughs> It's <laughs> coming up yeah. with that. Uh, yeah. I'm, you know, I think the whole point was, and I'll say this about this episode, and it's not that I dislike any of it, but um, I grew a little tired and weary with it because I realized about halfway through it that while everything here is important, there's nothing of consequence going to actually happen. So I really just need to pay attention to what this Cassie girl's saying because clearly she's setting everybody on some kind of path. Now it can be one of two ways on this show. Either she is part of the evil and is setting everybody on the wrong path to screw them up (laughs) or she's, she's fine and just a normal girl and doing, you know, setting them on the path for the good, you know, I mean, how did you Mm -hmm. take it?
0: I took it as the second, the latter that she's setting them on the path of the good. And that, that, that's all she really ever was doing was she was trying to help people Be more confident in themselves, I guess, right? Help brighten their day or give them happy thoughts, things like that. That's how I took it.
1: Yeah, it's like all her premonitions are trying to get people to be the most that they can be, you know, like live Mm -hmm. every moment, carpe diem, from the one person who is actually doing that because she realizes her time is short. Even though she right. doesn't really know why that's going to happen or anything, she knows her time is coming and she's going to die and she's just sort of accepted it. Like she talks about like, yeah, I don't care about graduation of the prom. I mean, I'll do my homework because I'm supposed to, but I don't really care because I'm not going to be here for any of it. I, I like right. that that was this Cassie that that's what she was there to do. I don't know, I, I thought that was cool.
0: I did too. I liked it a lot and I thought she was actually a pretty good character in this, in this episode. And, and like I said, she will make a return later in this season in another episode that I believe is coming up very shortly. Um, but that will be the last appearance for her. And uh, I liked the character and I was hoping that they could save her because I thought she could kind of be a new character in the gang that befriends Dawn and helps with certain things.
1: Oh yeah, I mean, wow. I'm, I'm with you. I'm waiting for them to give Dawn somebody else to play off of. Like, it mm-hmm. seems like they need someone else for Dawn to work against. I mean, our core group is always our core group, but y- sure. y- you know, y- you want somebody for the the people that have been added to it through the years, you want to pair them up with folks all the time. I'm with you. That that would have been nice. But as the last, it was not to be.
0: It wasn't. Nope. Now, one last thing, Jay. Mm-hmm. Uh, we do see a touching scene for Willow, who's now finally back. She does go in this episode and visits Tara's grave for the first time. And I thought that was a, a touching scene. And it was something that I think was very well needed. And it's a way for her to confront Um, what happened head on and try and deal with it and get over it.
1: Well, it's the one thing she, we don't think she ever really got to do was say goodbye. You know, we can assume she wasn't around for Tara's funeral necessarily. You know, she probably was whisked away by Giles as soon as possible to get her, you know, help. So this is her way of putting, I don't want to say closure yet, but starting the steps for that, you know, for herself. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think that's exactly what they're doing here. And it, it also, though, as a viewer is telling me something. Tara is really dead. Like graveyard. She's not back, yeah. No. Graveyard dead. Like in the ground, gone. And I, on some level, I'm sad about that because I love Amber Benson. And I like her on the show. But on the other mm-hmm. hand, I'm like, you know, that gives that death so much more weight that there is no chance Absolutely. that she's coming back. That it, they just keep hammering that in. I don't know. To me, that, that always, it always brings home the fact that you no know, terror really gone and all we have are the memories. And I don't know, that's that's strong emotions for this show. So I was, yeah. I was down with it too, man. I thought that was a really sweet moment.
0: Absolutely. I agree. Well, Jay, we're at the point of the podcast where we give our dustings ratings. So what is your dustings rating for season seven, episode four help?
1: You know, it's not that I dislike this one, but I, like I told you, it revealed itself to me about halfway through at this time that this was just all setting me up for something else. And I'll be honest with you, I'm ready to get somewhere now. Four episodes in, I'm ready to do something. So I'm going to give it a two dustings. It's not a bad two, it's a strong two. But aside from a few lines and then that one moment with Willow, there's just not a ton here that I'm in love with, not even compared to where I have been already this season. So for me, two dustings.
0: Well, I'm going to give it a three, Dustings Jay, and, uh, and the reason is I thought this was a very entertaining episode, and it kept me captivated the whole time. And for one, that really goes off the arc, because that's really what this one does. Uh, this is a fine episode that's not too stupid. Um, we've had a lot of stupid off-the-arc episodes. Luckily, a lot more recently, they've gotten better at coming up with compelling storylines when we're going off the arc. And so for me, that one, this one is that I enjoyed the Cassie character. I like the fact that um, no matter what Buffy did, Cassie is correct. She died, you know, and it was a natural death. But she still died. And I thought that was kind of a good little way to go about it. I expected her to be saved and she wasn't. And so it was kind of neat to deal with that and have Buffy deal with the fact that no matter what she did, she couldn't save her or stop someone from dying. And she just has to accept that sometimes. She can't stop everything. And I like that story, too. So for me, I'm giving it a three dustings. I just really like this episode.
1: All right, folks, thanks for joining us on this latest episode of The Art of Slang. You can find more episodes in the archive section of our website, theartofslaying.com. You can also find links to our Twitter and our Facebook pages. Join our Facebook group and let us know what you think. Did you like Cassie? Did you like the setups of the episode? Um, how are you digging Season 7 so far? We enjoy interacting with you, as always. Till next time, from Brian, I'm Jay. Thanks for listening to The Art of Slang.
0: The Vampire Slayer is the copyright of Fox Television Studios and any discussion of the characters, episodes, or music is strictly for entertainment purposes only.